You're listening to the Loose Screws Podcast. I'm Commander Burr. I asked them what their five favourite things were in the whole universe. It gave them something to think about while I made my escape. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. This is Loose Screws, the loosest podcast about Elite Dangerous um, worldwide, just all over the whole of uh, this Earth-like world. <laughs> I'm Commander J. Andrew. <laughs> well, or the screwiest. It's one of those yeah, two. Go, go, perhaps go screwiest. <laughs> it's the like screwiest podcast in the, the whole soul system uh, about Elite Dangerous anyway. It might not be the screwiest podcast ever, but at least about Elite Dangerous. Uh, I'm Commander Jay Antrax, and we're recording on November the 12th, which happens to be my wife's birthday. So happy birthday, Mrs. Trax. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mrs. Trax. Hooray. Uh, and I'm doing a podcast instead of hanging out with her. So uh, figure that out. <laughs> Not my problem. <laughs> I, I am joined tonight by, once again, Commander Chig. Hello. Hi, how are you? How, how has your week been? In-game, out-of-game? Which, which, which do you want? Uh, let's do a little both. Oh, well, out-of-game, obviously, still doing the working thing, the homeschooling the kid thing, the avoiding yep. coronavirus thing, trying to avoid watching any election stuff as much as possible. You know, the <laughs> world's just a damn shit show. Um, In-game, um, I don't know, been on a few times this week, actually got back into CQC after not playing for quite a while and finally getting, you know, the feel for my uh, verbal stick. Freaking love it. Absolutely falling in love with it to the point where I did a CZ last night in a small ship for the first time, and that was a blast. Um, oh, wow. A cool story last night we were on, and Dubs was pulling his usual shenanigans, and he wanted to try out the advanced missile racks and shard cannons on an anaconda to try to kill. Um, actually, let me back the story up. It was actually on a on a dare a, from Lark bet, Shadow. Right? Yeah. yeah, Lark Shadow in in Discord dared somebody to kill a Thargoid Interceptor with something other than Goss Cannons. And I'm like, well, yep. that's relatively easy. And Dubs took him up on the bet. So Lark Shadow is kind of a sucker's bet. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Dubs, Dubs, you know, and, and their stakes was whoever, if Dubs did it, he would have to fly an eagle for the week, no other ship but an eagle, and same thing for Lark Shadow. So that, that was that was the little bet they did. And Lark Shadow actually was purchasing an eagle before Dubs even got out there because yeah. he knew it was going to happen. Yeah, but I then saw he, he posted Dubs, a pic of a new Imperial eagle. Dubs then uh, did it, though, in his exploration anaconda, just put yeah. AX weapons on it and threw yep. a scanner on it. And went out there, and with the advanced missiles and the shard cannon, he died first attempt. Oh, um, no kidding! <laughs> yeah, he 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 went in, deployed his hard points, and and lost all his power because his power problems. <laughs> <laughs> his, his exploration anaconda didn't have the power to to, to do that. Uh, um, so he 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 died. It was it was a decent fight though. Second round. 
he killed a Cyclops faster than I've seen somebody kill a Cyclops solo I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, the thing the, just... The shard cannon brute yeah, force. the shard cannon <laughs> yeah. and the advanced uh, missile racks. Mm-hmm. He just out DPS the heart's regeneration and it was dead super fast. I mean, there was wow. no shutdown, nothing. I mean, it, it, w- it went fast. So then he wanted to try to do it again. And the third time he did it... Uh, it wasn't going as well for him. He he was surviving, but then the shutdown field got him. And like right when the shutdown field started, he goes, oh, I have something for that, and then got shut down. So he, oh, no. he wasn't even thinking about doing it. Came back online, and he was at like 8% hull and starts fighting. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, God, it's going to be close. It's going to be close. He got the fucker with, uh, he had 1% hull left. 1% he did it. So that, that was that was super entertaining. There was a bunch of us watching, so it was it was good for a laugh last night. Outstanding, outstanding. Uh, so who else is here? We've got Commander Lieutenant Commander Data. How have you been this past week? Hello, everyone. I've been doing well, and uh, Mrs. Trax. We tried to convince. Him to not do a podcast tonight so he could be with you for your birthday, but he wouldn't listen. He demanded, he demanded we do this. So we, we tried hard. She doesn't. We, we offered listen to pay to the him. Show. We know even better. <laughs> she knows better. Yeah. My wife doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> but no, I've been been doing good. Gotten a little bit of uh, time in game this week. Been doing a little bit of work around the house as well. So yeah, glad to be here. Some tonight. renovations. Yes, yes. I've <laughs> I've endured similar bathroom renovations. So I know what you're talking about, Jake. You've mentioned that that before. Yeah, but this, uh, that up. Currently, I'm staring at a a, a stripped bare laundry room, stripped down to the concrete and the block walls. Oh wow! With with no washing machine dryer in there. So I've got my got some work left to do. Get the floors painted get everything put back mm-hmm. together so it's coming along fun fun so that's where you were last night because you mm-hmm. weren't on that doesn't happen mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we've been um actually it was a it's like a week or two ago now we did uh some a little bit of kitchen reno i, I did new countertops new quartz countertops and the backsplash is going to be going in sometime soon but it's not that big a deal it's not really interfering with much it's not like taking out all the cabinets or all the plumbing or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, also here tonight is Nurgle. Welcome back. How are you doing? How have you been? Oh, it's It's been a fun week. And Mrs. Trax, who is a teacher like Mrs. Nurgle, <laughs> she's probably working tonight anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, I mean, she actually managed to get off, but. Get get off from work and and uh, actually go out with some friends and stuff. So we're gonna have a proper birthday tomorrow night. When, there you go. When it's not a school night. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a it's been a fun week. So your work is um, as fun as it can be when a three hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment stops working. So, you know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing that couldn't be solved by a long drive off a short pier, but. <laughs> Did you try turning it off and turning it back on? Well, that's the problem. It won't turn on. So, <laughs> hmm. you try hitting it repeatedly. Some percussive okay. maintenance there. Percussive okay. maintenance, yes. Yeah, but that's yeah, the end of uh, my advice. 
so and you know thanks to a to a holiday this week i actually got a chance to you know play elite for a change rather than just dabble with the bgs stuff while i'm trying to work so that was an interesting experience (laughs) (laughs) cool cool uh okay awesome well i've um i got to play a, a little uh, well I, I actually didn't play elite very much this week I did hop on a little bit to mess around with the um, the HUD mod stuff that that's been popping up lately this new yeah. way to, to recolor yeah. your uh, HUD and um, it, it is really neat and I, I get what they're doing and like how they're managing to pull it off and everything I think it's not working but for me like tell tell, tell the listeners what it is. Oh, okay. So there's a, at this point, it's been kind of making the rounds on the forum and stuff and, and down to earth uh, astronomy did a little show and tell video, not going into a ton of depth, but um, this is a fairly recent mod. I think he just started working on this like three months ago, but it's they're They're recoloring the HUD without um, changing like the whole color tint of everything. Um, so they're actually doing it by modifying the shaders and modifying the, images that the different aspects of the HUD are being sourced from and sort of replacing them with different colored versions of those. Um, and they can do things like change the dimness um, on the fly and change the cabin lighting. So just the ambient light inside the spaceship. Um, and it's really cool. It's a lot of work. They have to sort of dig and find uh, with a lot of like hash code and find like the different things that are going on in here. And um, so currently they have a version that has a few options for things. Basically that recolors most of the orange, um, but it, you know, effectively it leaves things like your radar colors are still correct. Um, And, uh, you know, faces and stuff on menus. Like it doesn't do the thing where it turns them all purple (laughs) or something. Um, It leaves all that alone because... It's not the global stuff, right? So the menus right. all kind of look the same. Um, it, there, there are some problems some people are having with frame rate drops and, um, stuttering, which I am getting only in the, in when I do it in VR. Um, so it's not really going to work for me in this current state, but, um, it is really, really pretty cool. And I, I'm not thrilled with the colors that they picked for most of the things. Like there are a few things that are optional, like what color the shields are and your um, uh, distributor bars, so your pips and stuff like that. It's not like fully customizable. You cycle through the preset. Right. Brothers. There's presets for various aspects of it, but like your reticle, there's three presets for, but like the surrounds, like the stuff that has like your um, hard points listed on it are, are like preset. They all come out like to be a purple. And I was like, I wouldn't really want a purple. I actually sort of prefer the orange to that, you know, but what I really want is to be able to customize it in such a way. And you can do it with this where you can actually trigger it to cycle back and forth um, at the same time as when you change cockpit modes. So like you have, they're, they're, by default, they're all in the function keys on the keyboard, but you can change that or you can like remap your controller to basically fire a function key and, and it's, it's fairly simple to adjust in the, um, text file. And I got it working, you know, so when I was changing cockpit modes, like when I'm in combat mode, the cockpit is illuminated red. And then when I'm out of it, it's like blue or maybe just the default colors or something for that particular ship, uh, default ambient light. Um, that sort of stuff's really cool. Um, but 
you know, just as a way of changing the colors. Like that's just personally what I wanted it to be. Um, but you know, I have my eye on it for the future. Um, as far as if, if they're able to work out like what's causing the weird stuttering, cause I basically it's not fun in VR. Like it makes mm. everything kind of shake. Um, but I don't notice any difference on a flat screen. Um, so whatever the problem is, it could be related to that. Cause of course it, it's different. You know, some, sometimes it works perfectly. And then sometimes you have to go hunting for a shader, like on different people's computers. And then you have to go through this whole process. And it, well, um, but for me, it was, it was flawless, just installed with a click, uninstalled with a click on flat screen. It's fine. I would have had to go hunting in the VR version to find the, the shader that broke, but, um, but I'm not going to bother because I'm not really going to use it. Um, but it is, it is really neat. But then that's about all I ended up doing, uh, in Elite until today. I did turn on Star Wars Squadrons again because they, they did an update that fixed, um, now officially like all of the major bugs with the game are fixed. They're at a 2.0 version, like a month after launch, hmm. um, which is kind of amazing. Hmm. Um, just wanted to see like if it could sort of grab my attention back again. And I still find that the matchmaking is pretty crummy and you, you, you know, you go into, you go into a match and start getting beaten. And then like two or three people from my team just quit out of the match. And I'm trying to stay in because it's ranked, you know, and I will like lose points if I quit for forfeiting. Um, but people still leave and then you end up, I end up fighting like a two versus five and it was a mess. Yeah. And, and then other games, it's fine. Everyone stays in and, and we, you know, so I don't know. Um, it, it, it is still kind of a very sort of, I don't know if superficial is the right word. Um, there's just not that much game there. It is kind of like a, CQC, you know, it's, it's a little bit more complicated than CQC, but that's yeah, kind of what it bad. is. I paid money for it and I haven't hopped back into it since the first couple yeah. days. I haven't touched yeah. it once, but it's also, it's enough of a, I think I've, well, I guess, you know, a good comparison would be like a counter-strike level game. You know, it, it is a simple like multiplayer battle shooter that has some complexity and has a skill ceiling. And that's kind of one of the problems, right? Because unless I'm going to dedicate a lot of time to it, I'm always going to be like on the receiving end of that skill, skill ceiling if yeah. their matchmaking doesn't work right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I feel about it, I guess. Um, so anyway, that, that's been my thing until we came in here today. So, um, so what's been happening? Um, we, we said last time that, um, I remember like right before we recorded last time, uh, Commander Mal for the win from the Flight Assist podcast had had a, a medical emergency, but he is okay. Um, we found out kind of the next day. Um, he was discharged and sent home, had an allergic reaction that was very bad. Um, but he is okay and back up and running and he was able to pull off his, um, uh, charity stream that happened almost the next day after that, I think. Wow. Um, far as I know, everything went fine. So great job. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess that's, that's kind of, that was, that was the, the thing at the top of the show. The next thing I was going to hit was squadron briefing. If everybody's cool, let's, let's talk about sure. wars and negotiations, huh? Let's fire this <laughs> off. War is just negotiations by other means. Incoming priority message. <laughs> Squadron briefing. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. So, you know, last time we had talked after a whole prolonged series of failures, we had finally ended up in comma. Um, and, you know, as of, yeah. Yes. And then it, it yes. became the climb to the top. And as of today, we are pending an election in comma. And by the time this gets goes out tomorrow with the tick, we should be active. And that will be for control of the system. Um, an election for control. Oh, this is new yeah, and different. I know. that's. It's kind of, uh, after everything we've been through, it's a little bit of a letdown for it to be an election and not a war. But, oh, well. <laughs> It kind of fits with you know this this time in America. A lot of times, though, can't can't you find those kinds of um, missions that are election missions, but they're not just like running data, right? They're like uh, it's like the black ops election yeah. missions where it's like assassinate civilians or whatever just to try to throw off the election kind of stuff. There, there may be some combat. questionable. It's questionable whether or not those actually work, though, because the general rule of thumb oh. is no combat actions have an effect in elections. But Interesting. It, we, yeah, we'll have to see. We'll have to actually pay close attention to that because I've never really dove in to make sure that common wisdom is actually wise. Um, <laughs> no, but yes. we'll pay attention to that. That means you'll pay attention to it? Is that, is that I did say thing? I. I did say okay, I. Okay. I thought you said we'll. Okay. <laughs> You're in charge. You'll be, You're distract- in charge. You'll be distracted with the bathroom innovation as it is. <laughs> That's enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. So we expanded into uh, another system this week. It was a misfire, not where we wanted to go. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how we ended up where we did because the math doesn't add up to me, but we are where we are. So, hey, in Mayakaro, so we're fighting a uh, invasion war there. Winner stays, loser goes. Mm-hmm. Um, Mayakaro is an interesting situation. Um, there is another player faction involved. Uh, we have some history. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's probably all I want to talk about on the podcast with that. <laughs> Very um, well. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, um, you know, I want to I wanna shout out to uh, Nebu and the guys over at Brotherhood of Terramata. They're our neighbors and uh, a good bunch of folks. And... They reached out to us. Um, you know, a lot of our zones overlap, and you know, the they've had some issues with the same faction we've had some issues with. But you know, they they asked us for some help fighting a war they were fighting. They were getting some some kickback um, from they don't know who somebody fighting them in closed, so you can't see who the opponent is. But uh, as we speak. You know, a bunch of the guys. Closed, from our- is that what you're referring to? Solo, solo, closed. Yeah, I mean, Possibly I think console. I like that. Closed, <laughs> closed versus open. It just right. Just yeah. Clicks in my yeah. head. I like but, that. <laughs> so, a whole bunch of our uh, squadron is over there tonight, trying to help them finish off that war. It's three to two, and get that solidified. Um, and then we we were contacted by, I'm going to mispronounce his name and his squadron, but. Asica, A-E-S-I-C-A, and his squadron is Sapir Od. It's a foreign language. Yeah, can't help you there. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. If, if you're listening and I butchered that, I'm sorry. Just call him It Steve. is what it is. <laughs> um, but they're, um, they're actually completing a, a string of pearls migration 
across the bubble. Um, oh wow! Yeah, uh, something like twenty systems they're they're crossing. Um, and holy cow! Yeah, and one of one of our systems is one of their jumps, and so they had kind of reached out and said, "Hey, uh, you know, do you mind if we uh, land in that system? Like, no, nah, come on through. down. It's fine. Play through. Yeah, play through. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around for a while. Enjoy. The neighborhood's fine. So um, I think they're currently about fifty light years out. I think so. It's probably going to be maybe a month or so before they can arrange that jump to get in there. But we're looking forward to them coming through. Um, and, you know, because we always enjoy having interesting people who are both, you know, active players and good neighbors mm-hmm. coming through. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, always exciting stuff in BGS land. And I am alt tabbing to my note sheet and vamping for myself while I do that because I swung past it twice. I did a loop of shame in my alt tab here. That was pretty great. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, the BGS is always popping off. We've seen some new people coming into Discord um, who were one, you know, a couple of particular people who were like, been playing the game forever but now finally finding a community and like people to actually play with and and thinking about joining open for the first time um and this is this is where it's at everybody um so welcome and uh it's gonna be a ton of fun uh next on my list i have chig chat are you ready it's been so long yeah, I know. God. I oh my gosh. Are you guys I'm gonna play this sound. I'm so excited. We here at Loose Screws never end a sentence with a preposition. There's always a little Thai worship in here when we get the chig chat. Always. It took, it, it took me a long time to figure out that that was not Thai saying that every time <laughs> that it was played, like live, saying it live. How's he get the timing so perfect? I know, I know. All right, sorry, sorry, go ahead. That would have been awesome. It would have been a little bit different every time. Oh, yeah. man, that's good stuff. All right, chig chat this week. First, I'll just start by... Uh, Covering the Chig Chat from a couple weeks ago, because I wasn't here last week, and I asked about sandwich ideas, everybody's favorite sandwiches. And I could start talking about what people put, but uh, what is it? Diani Symbiote. God damn it. I knew I was going to screw up his name. Diani Symbiote. Symbiote. I gave us a pronunciation in Discord some time ago. I know, but that was so long ago. But he ended up winning like (laughs) the internet. He posted this poster with like forty different sandwiches on it. You know, everything from you know PB and J bologna sandwich all the way you know to Bon Mai's and everything. It was so good. And then he followed that up later in the week with this giant cheese wheel with all the different cheeses you can find and stuff. So yeah, he, he wins. Um, I, I, this week decided that I'm just going to start trying to have one of every sandwich on that board before the end of the year. And I had about five (laughs) of the different ones just this week. So thank you very much. I will continue to eat sandwiches, you know, like crazy. 
progress. Now. Yeah, I know, right? Now this week, to get it off food for a week, because next week we probably are going to get back on the food topic because the week after is Thanksgiving, so I'm probably going to ask yep. about food next week. So so this week I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come off of that a little bit. Um, tomorrow's Friday the 13th, and it's, you know, Friday the 13th <sighs> in, you know, during 2020. Uh, we had another Friday the 13th this year. It was uh, it was March thirteenth. Explains two, a lot. Two two days after you know this was declared a, a global pandemic, we had our first Friday the thirteenth of the year, and now we're getting a second one. So, you know that that's a little bit scary. And my daughter is on a kick lately. You know she's thirteen and starting to get into horror movies. So she she wants to to be watching like all kinds of cool horror movies. Exactly. Um, so I've we've been you know watching. Some some of the classics, you know, and some are sci-fi twisted. You know, Alien, Aliens. You know, the first Terminator. That they're, they, right I, I consider those horror movies. Mm-hmm. You know, they're scary. Yes. We want, yeah. you know, the two more recent It movies and stuff. But I'm looking for something to, you know, for us to watch just to scare the bejesus out of her. Uh, like <laughs> all time scariest movie for me is still the original Halloween. None of the stupid sequels and stuff. The very first original where it's this freaking escape mental patient and he's carrying a butcher knife. I mean, it was, that was a terrifying movie and that the piano theme music, <laughs> you know, I had nightmares forever. And I think I saw that the first time when I was about her age and that one actually scared me so bad that I think I slept with the lights on as a teenager for a while <laughs> because I, I was so afraid of Michael Myers. So I don't know if I want to subject her to that, but that, that to me is one of the scariest ever. So I'm just looking for horror movie suggestions because I think we're going to watch one tomorrow night. So, so uh, give me some ideas. Um, uh, that, hmm. that's, that's all I got this week. You guys have any that you remember fondly that maybe I can completely, you know, give my daughter years of therapy with <laughs> i have to ponder hmm, yeah I, for a second I, it's been probably 15 years since i've watched it but the movie i remember being the most scared by was the original amityville horror oh yeah from 1979 that, that movie scared me so bad oh my goodness yeah so I many so many good parts to that movie like that for years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one terrified me. You know, you know what always does it for me is I and I I this is this makes me cringe in real life. This is probably why it's The Last Jedi. Stu- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that is a horror movie. <laughs> it's um no, it's it's stuff stuff with knives for some reason. Like and and I mean, this is like a this is like a, I don't know, a character flaw of mine or something, but like I can't watch people use knives like to cut food and stuff. I'm, I like can't look. I'm totally freaked out that they're going to cut themselves for some reason. And I have no problem using knives and I have no problem with using other people using knives when I'm not looking. But that's um, funny. I won't let my wife so, cut anything if I'm in the room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So like if, if it's a, if the, if the horror that's going on in the movie is to do with knives or I know somebody's going to get cut, that's when I get the most like cringy. Um, I don't feel like I ever really get sincerely scared by movies. Usually when it's, you know, it's the kind of movies where they're, 
well, spooky stuff doesn't doesn't really work on me, but like jump scares, you know, you know the jump scare is coming. Um, you know, I get startled, right? But I I end up just kind of like laughing out loud about it. Like I think it's tremendous yeah. fun in a kind of laughing way. Um, and I'm not like critic, you know. I sort of feel like I'm missing out on some of it because I have friends who like who love horror movies and they get so sincerely scared by it. Um, and I, I don't really get that, so I don't. But, probably not a great one for that list, but yeah, there, knives a, freak me out. <laughs> there's a difference between like jump scares and true horror and dread yeah. being inspired in you by by the movie. Yeah, like right. another, those guys you don't want to bring to a haunted house because all they'll do is laugh at you as you're being scared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'm a little like that. Oh, you nerd. Ah. Uh, I, I don't have the horror movie gene, so the the movie that I remember being really really scary was Jaws two, and of course Jaws Jaws is one of the classics. But for me, what does it for me is, yeah. and this is all the years working in hospitals is burns fires are what just terrify me. That's oh, fighters, wow. but but yeah, I, I still I have issue watching movies. Uh, where where someone's caught in a fire, it just freaks me out. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah, that's kind of. A, are you afraid of being burned yourself? Oh yeah. Okay. But you know, I spent so many years. I mean, twenty plus years working in a hospital that had a burn unit. Oh. So yeah. So I have all the horror stories to tell about it. But it's funny you mentioned. You know, laughing at the jump scare. Uh, years ago, and yeah, I mean, this really is years ago because when I was a teenager, and we've already established that y'all are all children. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, back when I was young and my knees worked, and I actually took karate classes, we went. Me and a couple friends went to the the local county fair when it was in, and you know, we're going through one of these little haunted house things, and the guy jumps out in front of us with a little plastic chainsaw for the jump scare, and me and one of the other guys I was with both punched him at the same time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then, and then oh. ended up laughing and apologizing and picking him back up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hazardous job. It, it provoked not the response he was looking for. You <laughs> were no longer welcome at that. Haunted house, <laughs> right? Probably, probably not. Probably not. That was at at my wife's hometown, this tiny little town in far northwest Minnesota. They did a, a Halloween carnival thing in an old abandoned creamery, so the building was creepy to begin with. And, and they were they were they were doing a good job, you know. That was it was spooky. They had plenty of fog machine stuff, and you walked into this one larger kind of room i don't know 20 by 20 not huge but it was kind of like all wide open which was weird compared to the other rooms we were walking through or they were kind of keeping us all in a tight group of like you know i think it was eight to ten at a time we're going through you come into this big room and it's like what's going on and also the guy came out with a chainsaw you know an actual gas chainsaw running you know the chain was off of it obviously and comes out and everybody runs to the corner away from him and i just stood in the middle of the room just (laughs) laughing and he came up to me he's like revving the (laughs) chainsaw at me and i'm just laughing so that he just shrugs and runs around me and keeps scaring everybody else you know i I knew it wasn't a a chain on that thing but it was you have the immunity yeah it's the you know i know it's 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 fake right so, right that's but, funny actually yeah. that that makes me think when you talk about like a fear of being burned and stuff that 
this is going to sound weird. That reminds me that I do actually have a phobia. I have like a kind of strong claustrophobia. And it's one that I don't end up encountering very much because it's just like easy to avoid being in small enclosed spaces. Um, but when something happens in a movie, like anytime somebody gets tossed into a trunk of a car, you know what I mean? Like kidnapped mm-hmm. and thrown into a trunk of a car. It's like, oh my God, that's my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Can't so handle it. So you would want to watch the... Uh film Buried, starring Ryan Reynolds, where he's buried um, alive. That, that would not work out well for me, no. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that one. I know which movie that is. I thought about checking that one out. It's pretty good. It's pretty I was like, on the, the trunk of a car, the trunk releases, I don't know if every brand of car, you know, I work in rental cars, so I see, yeah. you know, the new stuff. But the releases from inside the trunk, they're glow-in-the-dark, so, you know, you can get yeah. out. But then the emblem on them shows a little stick figure with a dotted line behind him that makes it look like he's jumping and then running. <laughs> so it's like, right. you know, it's if like you escape. pull it and you get out, you yeah. run, you know? So, <laughs> right. That, that's helpful. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Like people in that situation need that encouragement. <laughs> I yeah. need the directions. I'm going to pop it open and not know what to do after. Because yeah, I can't Try imagine get a lot of people accidentally lock themselves in the trunk. Yeah. It just can't happen all that frequently. It's definitely. When I get out, I'm just going to yeah. stroll down the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> so right. All right. So let us know horror movies that are going to scare a teenage uh, girl. Mini Chig. Yep. Yes. Do it. Do it. It's going to be great. Light. The that's the chiglet. Had we come up yes. with that already, or is that new? Yeah, that's now? old. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. that was okay. Good. Yeah. It's like the first thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Hey, uh, next thing up, there's been some galnet going on since we've last since we've last talked on the podcast. Uh, last we talked, the the Federation and the Imps had just gotten into a big big fight, and everyone was fighting along with them. Of course, the Federation finished that up <laughs> uh, yesterday with, or I guess, I guess it didn't. Did, it, did they finish tier five? I don't know if they finished tier five of the CG, but it got pretty close. Um, that was an obvious victory. Um, there's a Galnet article. I'm going to kind of tackle these quickly because I feel like we are going to sort of move through this. Um, there was a bunch more um, terrorist attacks by the Neo Marlinists. Uh, setting off some more bombs as, as fighting continues to happen. Uh, basically everything's getting worse as far as that's concerned. And then, um, there's a, a, on the 9th of November, the ghost ship leads the alliance to new resources. So, um, foreshadowing for a little bit in the future here, but basically new barnacle sites are found and the alliance is gonna, Time to put themselves back into the news, I guess. Um, More on that in a bit. Then we have uh, Hadrian Duvall uh, seeking to be reintegrated into the Imperial Royal family, however you want to call it. And he sorts of he sort of makes this plea that like, um, how am I interpreting this? So it's it's sort of like we all need to stand together to fight back against, I guess, I I feel like I kind of, I kind of like what he's saying, right? He's saying like, we need to stand together and save the empire from the terrorists. But he's specifically saying like, we're not trying to fight the Marlinists. We're trying to fight this neo-Marlinist terrorism 
thing. You know, it's like a totally different thing and, and kind of trying to get on, on team Ashling and, um, I don't, yeah, that, that's interesting to see how, how that will play out. Um, feel free to interject any thoughts here, by the way, or I'm just going to keep reading the news. I think his plea was more, we all need to band together so you can stop fighting me and we all fight the terrorists. Because, you know, he, his, <laughs> oh, his faction is, yeah, it's kind of on the outs. The uh, uh, Nova Imperium? Yeah, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, well, he what he did cite he cited the the brutal purge of Nova Imperium's followers right. in thirty three oh five, and basically saying like it seems like you're sort of doing the same thing now with the Marlinists who are peaceful just because there's a few that have been setting off bombs and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see which way that goes because you you can interpret it either way, right, right. Um, so then, uh, today on the twelfth, we have uh, the the end of the war in uh, LTT nineteen thirty five with a Federation victory, um, and that means we should all have our rewards, right? I actually did go and and claim my money rewards, although I do notice that I have not advanced in rank. I am still Duke and Rear Admiral in both, and I was top 50 or top 75 in both. So I don't know when those rewards are going to dispense, but... Um, yeah, I think someone in the Discord mentioned by the 14th... Oh, yeah, uh, Commander Rage. Uh, okay. By the 14th. So it's a, it's a little delayed. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Um, and then also today, uh, the start of the next community goal, which I'm doing a little bit of right now while we podcast, there is some Alliance stuff going on. Uh, the Alliance moving on the Colsac Nebula, as we foreshadowed earlier. Uh, they're going to try to set up some new stations out there with this new um, place to the barnacle sites. Uh, and there is Thargoid activity, and they're trying to build things. So basically, we've got some, um, let me call up my links here. We've got two community goals that are sort of the same goal, but there's a trade side of it and an anti-Xeno combat side. So for trade, we're delivering some things, in this case, power generators, robotics, structural regulators, and building fabricators um, to this uh, mega ship that will be in... Um, <laughs> Muska Dark Region PJ-P space B6-1. Uh, awesome name. Uh, anyway, but they're basically, depending on how much, how many um, tons of supplies we deliver, we'll choose how many of the stations they're putting up in various systems around there are upgraded to full starports. And uh, on the anti-Xeno side, uh, you know, shoot, shoot Thargoids. And uh, contribute in that way. Essentially, that's the protecting the the cargo runners uh, aspect of it. And the rewards, besides financial in this case, seem to be another double engineered module. In this case, a uh, size 5A uh, frameshift drive that has long range and fast boot sequence on it. Um, so I think that's that is interesting, and I, it will be interesting to see how this shakes out. So the last time we had the double module was this missile launcher that had lightweight as well as high capacity. And it seemed to me like they 
um, there were certain aspects of the mods that sort of canceled out or they, you know, the, the customized nature of, of what the mod was like the combined two mods, it, it lost some of the negatives from one of them kind of thing or some, some parts of it sort of weren't included. So in this case, like when you view the module, like in game, I think it only, it only displays one of the mods, but it's like the, when you look at the stats, Right, you got to sort of yeah. look at the stats and 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 because they're not going to sort of wave it in your face, but you can say, "Oh, that's actually a lot lighter than it's supposed to be," kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, so I, I'm interested. I'm curious to see. It, it seems to me like this will either be a module that's sort of like cute and fun, or it will be the like far and away the best size five frame shift drive you can have, because. There, there's a sort of minor side effect of the fast boot sequence is it actually does, um, at, at grade five, it does 15%, uh, increased optimized mass, which is the main thing that, that increased range is doing. So if those aspects of the mod, you know, like if, if those aspects of the mod don't double count essentially, then, then you just have one, you know, an increased range frameshift drive that will boot up faster if it gets shut down. You know, this is if you power it down or if it gets hit with like a FSD interrupt missile. So, so that, that's that, fine. To compare that 15% optimized mass increase to the increased range FSD mod at grade five, it can it can increase that optimized mass anywhere from 45 to 55%. So, right, you know, not, right. a, not an so, insignificant uh, yeah, portion and, there. Yeah. 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 So it's like if, if those do stack, then, you know, then you could have upwards of like 85%, um, or 80, 80%, I guess. Uh, and then if you stuck mass manager on top of that, I believe that's an additional 4%. <laughs> um, so you could end up in a, and a size five is what a DBX takes, by the way. Mm. So you could end up with, you know, a, a DBX that who knows how, how far it would be able to jump if, if these things actually do stack. Um, it, you know, I, I, I wonder if it might be that they kind of don't include that section of the mod and really it's just, uh, an increased range that, that boots up faster and they don't double down on it, but they, those are, you know, aspects of those two mods do affect the same stat. So it's interesting. I'm curious. I'm planning on getting myself, I'm going to try like crazy. So you, you need to be in top 25%. Is that right? To Yes. 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 Yeah. To get these, so that's that's Dubs pretty high. And I, Dubs and I are talking about making some anaconda murder boats and shard canning the hell out of some thargoids this weekend. Just so, brute forcing them. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. see how many we can kill and work our way up. See how big of one we can kill if we can get a wing <laughs> or two together and just see if we can just blow yeah. some up. Last time, I mean, all there of was... us are able to, you know, solo them in both big ships, you know, Cyclops anyway, and big ships and medium ships. So, you know, we all know yeah. what we're doing. So to go out right, there and right. work yeah. our way up the ladder a little bit with some Speak big ships. <laughs> it's been a while, though. Well, the the last, um, not too long ago, there was a, a, a community goal that had some um, anti-Xeno combat. And um, I went out a couple of nights in wings with some other... Uh, player, you know, I, I know mm-hmm. how to solo, um, Cyclopses and easy enough kind of by myself in medium ships. Um, but 
in a in a wing, we could do basilisks and actually medusas end up sort of being almost easier. Um, so I got f- three or four of those. I mean, they, they end up being worth so much more in bonds that um, it really just three or four of those was enough to put me in top 10% of um, uh, commanders on that. So, yeah, like I, I, I wonder like at the point where I don't know, brute yeah, brute forcing cyclopses at two what are those two million a pop million, for those? Yeah. yeah, but you could do them so fast at that <laughs> with a, with that sort of style of attack, right? You might just be better off that way. Yeah. Yeah, um, but you could brute force probably Medusa's if you get four shard cannon. If mm, right, boats. a wing of the shard yeah. canning murder boats and just take them right out, <laughs> ignore the swarm kind of yep, deal. Yep. Yeah, interesting. Um, on the other side of it, I am currently, I have my carrier parked at a system that has uh, a, a bunch of, a good deal on power generators and a, a buttload of supply. Uh, and there are, there's at least somebody out here with me. I posted it in Discord, basically saying like, for those of you who are new commanders who could probably make very good use of this reward, um, but would find it really difficult to move enough cargo all the way out to the Colsac Nebula because you don't have a carrier and probably don't then also have the kind of equipment and, and experience to be able to work your way up that far into the anti-Zeno combat. So my carrier is out here buying power generators um, at a at a low price, and I'm planning on loading it up and flying it out there, and then letting everybody unload it. So, hopefully, a lot of people can get pretty high into that aspect, uh, into the trade aspect of the CG as well. So, for the for the last Dzeno CG, I don't think that like the uh, Thargoid presence actually changed. Like the signal, it was just the signal sources, no new conflict signs. Right. Uh, I haven't I haven't heard either way if anything has changed. In the Colsac or so, in the Muscadark. Yeah. Yeah. I saw something on AXI's Discord today. They put out an announcement that it seems like it's the same as Witchhead, except that there are um threat eights that have solo Medusas in them, which didn't seem to be happening uh previously in Witchhead. Uh the the Medusas we were finding were always coming with a couple of scouts, which I think means it's the passive Medusa. Or is that the is that the angry Medusa? I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, they so it seems like we have signal sources, but with that slight change, like, and I think they said that those had removed those um, threat eights had disappeared from Witchhead. So perhaps that's a sign that the Thargoids are kind of moving their primary force over to Colsac. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so, so tracks uh, are are you going to give us a uh, a brute force murder boat build? Uh, well, I haven't actually built a ship like that before, so we'd probably ask Dubs. But I imagine it would just be put as many shard cannons as you can on an anaconda, and then fill yeah. the, all the slots with armor. <laughs> um, <laughs> in, in a certain sense, that advanced missile racks too. The advanced missile racks apparently quite effective. Uh, yeah, well, if you combine them, all of a sudden you have eight anti-Xeno weapons instead of four because they they don't count as experimental. Oh, they don't count. Oh, yeah. I get it. Yeah. So you have your four shards that you can use, and then you add the shards are the guardian missiles. weapons. Yep, yep. So and I you believe can only the, have four of those. The advanced missile racks. I think you have to synth 
Yeah, the AX ammo. AX ammo. Yeah. Those you need some yeah. mats ready to go there. And how? What are the mats? Are they are they like guardian mats or something irritating like that? Ooh, uh, I, don't know. I can look. I can take a quick look here. What? I've Somebody got, do a glance. I just, I just went and bought some, so I've got them on my okay. ship. Uh, inventory since. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Propulsion it's elements. Oh, uh, ugly. Yeah, those grade five yeah. organic Ooh. circuitry. Yeah. yeah oh. Easy peasy. <laughs> <laughs> if you're okay. stocked up on engineering mats. But it's not yeah. just engineering mats, that's the thing. It's the Guardian crap. Well, it's, uh, it's Thargoid, like Thargoid drops. Some oh, of those things so it's when you kill them. like scout yeah. hunting? I think so. Something like that. Scout hunting and scooping the remnants. Okay. Uh, some Ooh. of these mats drop when you kill interceptors, like the propulsion okay. elements do. There's probably other ways to get them. Um, I've definitely seen scouts dropping those. Oh, yeah. Um, got, so that probably got, like I'm maxed out on them. If you were farming mats, probably the way to go would be to bring some ship with, you know, turreted multis or something and collector limpets and and go into those um, the scouty threat fours to farm. Well, uh, so that's what's going on in game. Um, I think it's time to hit some out of game stuff. So this. This thing happened, um, not on a computer. <laughs> uh, there was an what? <laughs> yeah, so there's this there's this world outside of computers. What? Uh, and apparently, Lies. apparently, do you remember? This is for me. Like I'm thinking, like when I was in school, I was a young child, and I would hear about these things called newspapers. <laughs> um, it's sort of like that. So, you know, you print a bunch of like letters and pictures on paper. Okay. And then you sort of like staple them together. It's like a book, but it's really thin. And then you <laughs> give that to people for money, I guess. Like a tablet? This, no, because no. when you touch it, nothing happens. You just, what? it's just like a page of paper. Like, so you know how when you write on a paper and then you look at it, like it doesn't change after that. It's just whatever you wrote, it's just there. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It. I got it. How far do you want me to go with this? I, I, I think I think you're on drugs. It doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. Nur- okay, Nurgle so- probably remembers those things though. <laughs> Thanks, man. Oh. Old, old man Thanks, Nurgle, man. regale us with your stories of magazines. Yeah, well, back in Monday, funny. <laughs> they they set them right next to the rotary phone. And, and this is like uh, the eight when- tracks. This is like the the YouTube videos of somebody gives a baby a magazine and they're like swiping on it. Nothing's happening and they start crying. (laughs) Anyway, so the print version of PC Mag or PC Gamer? Shoot. I can't remember. PC Uh, Mag. PC PC Gamer. PC Gamer magazine, isn't it? PC Gamer. PC Gamer. Okay. PC Gamer magazine, yes. (laughs) Okay, so PC Magazine is a different magazine, isn't it? Well, I it's it PC is. Gamer, but it's Probably. the PC Gamer magazine because they've got PC Gamer <laughs> yeah. website also. So it is okay. All right, it's well, the it's actual the PC print Gamer, version. The print, the print version of PC Gamer had an article um, that had an uh, interview with some dev stuff about Elite Dangerous. Um, a lot of the pictures seem to be all stuff that we've seen before about Odyssey. Odyssey, not just Elite Dangerous. 
Um, and there's other details. They go into more detail that hadn't been released yet, specifically about aspects of the way the on-foot combat is going to work, as well as kind of getting around and, and a couple of other juicy details. So um, I think rather than doing any kind of like explanation or breakdown or something, like this is worth sort of discussing. The, the, the greater thing here is the main thing the main thing they're kind of explaining is that this is not going to be a Fortnite kind of arcadey situation, but it, the, you know, they described it as something a little more realistic and a little more between an action shooter and like a methodical strategy kind of situation, something kind of in the middle of that, um, which I rather like that idea. Yeah. Um, so what, you know, uh, what does that mean to you? Uh, you know, I, I, for one thing, it's I, I don't have this magazine in my hand, so it's like sort of hard to read. And I'm mostly going off of, um, you know, like what what I've seen people talk about, kind of on the forums. And like Obsidian Ant did a, a video, kind of running down in some detail, kind of the whole thing. Um, yes, I, some of the I, text I, I can see. Some of the text I can make out is where uh, um, Jackson says, um, they're making, Frontier's making sure, quoting here, Frontier's making sure that the combat falls in line with with the rest of the game in terms of simulation and depth. Okay, so okay, right. More, so, of a, more of a tactical, slower, a little bit than Call of Duty or, or Fortnite with good level of you know see i read modules that, and customization yeah that, and that's that's what I, I i read that more because honestly uh, it's more saying that it's really how you'd want to play it if people just want to run and shoot at each other like it's Fortnite, they can if they want to stay away and from they each will. other you know exactly that that's just it mm. i think that where it becomes more tactical is it gets into the fact of it's not going to be I know it's a way for them to say that they don't have to balance it strictly for PVP because, you know, it's going to be right. more about how you gear yourself and use tactics. It's not necessarily always going to be a fair fight. You know, that that's right. how I read yeah. it is, is they're not going to, you know, balance it that way. And, and you're going to have to think about what you're doing. You know, you're not going to take, you know, an Eagle against uh, a Corvette, you know, in the same way you won't take a med suit against a combat suit kind of thing. You know, you're going to kind of sure. play it by ear and, and think, think your battles through rather than just running around pew pewing. And they specifically talk about um, the kinds of upgrades and things like it does so- sound a bit like ship outfitting, right? Where this oh, yeah. suit will have the ability to add more guns or something to it, like a secondary fire gun or something like that whereas another suit might not um and thinking about from from those perspectives um which i guess i guess we sort of knew that but yeah i'm pretty sure at a code level suits behave exactly like ships right um so so and then so then there's this other kind of point that i think kind of brings us into the the greater discussion about what what we think this all means and what is exciting and and other things like that is they also talked about getting around and like the eight, is it apex travel? I still haven't memorized this stuff. Um, Apex interstellar. Right. The travel agents. Um, 
like, and they, they mentioned, you know, the travel agent, they've already said that you would be able to play the game without a spaceship if you wanted to. Um, but now we're hearing additionally that you could do what they call the physical multi-crew. Uh, so meaning like if I multi-crew onto your ship as a person, I'm physically there and you're physically transporting me rather than telepresence. Um, which, you know, in and of itself, like I think, this is, this is what we expected. The thing that that suggests to me is that the code refresh and right. like the major under the hood changes are real. Um, and I am very jazzed about that because the way multi crew versus wings like can't exist, exist at the same time, the SRV can't exist at the same time. Like we, we know we've been told that we're going to have on foot in SRV, in ships, all coming together at the same time, I can physically multi-crew onto your ship so you could taxi me to where I want to go or to the deployment point for a mission or whatever. Um, I think this means the, you know, the code refresh that, that we sort of theorized and heard teased, you know, we, we've got to work on that sort of stuff. This technical debt has to be gone for all this stuff to work. Um, hit it. Who, who's... Oh, that's Give me that's your what thoughts. I'm, that's what I'm most excited about because yeah, that's and you mentioned that not being able to combine wings and multi crew has been an issue, and the fact that you know, that they said you can physically cart somebody around almost out just outright implies that they've addressed that. Well, yeah, I don't, um, I don't know because I mean you can ride in somebody's ship right now. You, you won't see the body, but you can you know be riding you know, in somebody's ship, in a turret and, and all of that. So I don't I, I believe that the that yes, there is gonna be some kind of code refresh, code update, co- you know, just a code cleanup. But I mean like what I saw, you know, from somebody is is I don't know how much it matters if they go about the same practices they've gone in the past. You know, if they get that, you know, this nice code refresh, as soon as you get a code refresh it's all nice and clean but that comes with all of its own bugs you know a new game always has all those bugs and that's when you get a patch to fix it and that's when the spaghetti begins is when they're p- fixing it and <laughs> yeah. instead of fixing it you know it's true the right way they fix it yeah. the quickest and easiest way and then you start getting the spaghetti so we get rid of if they get a code refresh we get rid of all the bugs we have now hopefully but it's going to be a whole new series of new game type bugs that then they're going to fix those bugs which will create new bugs and we end up in the <laughs> same place we were so i'm not i don't mean to sound you know pessimistic or, or, or down that is the on weirdest the idea, optimism but, I've ever heard but we, I, I, we I'm hoping that they the clean it screws yeah, never <laughs> yeah. the right side of things yeah but but you know that that's that's the side of it a lot of people instantly think that if they they clean it you know we get this code refresh everything's gonna work great but I think it's gonna you're gonna have a whole new series of bugs you're dealing with and I don't mean thyroids hopefully they're new bugs and we've squashed the old ones though yeah, I, that's that's the hope. But and I, right. I count I that as progress. Data. Yes. When I think about the, the physical multi-crew, I I think about that more in terms of them, uh, more in the context of them providing ways for you to play without a ship, like with the Apex Interstellar. 
you know, this this way, you know, another player can cart you around instead of a NPC taxi cab, and you can get out of the ship. You know, your mm-hmm. your current multi crew hologram couldn't get out of the ship and go into a, a building, but now you'll be able to. Yeah, and that so, thought crossed my mind is getting a second account just to play through without a ship and, you know, have, be playing <laughs> that way. But then again, I want, if they ever actually come out with achievements in this game, you know, I want them all on just one account. So I have a <laughs> hard time going a second account. <laughs> yeah. So you just, you just brought it up, but um, all next week on the Epic Store, Elite Dangerous, which now includes Horizons, of course, is going to be free. Mm-hmm. So this is, a, of course, a big ploy by the Epic Store to to get you in there. But um, basically, anybody can get an alt for free. Uh, and you just said what I'm thinking whenever I think about getting an alt. I don't play an alt, but every time I think about it, I think like, well, but why would I like? Then I'd be on that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. wishing I was getting these mats, you know. On my other account, <laughs> they can all be in one place. Do you? Do any of you play alts? No, no, I've never, never wanted to. <laughs> like I put so much. It's time like always into an this. exploration thing, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're way out there, I consider getting a console account so that I could just sit on my couch and play with a controller once in a while. But then it comes yeah. back to the amount. I don't consider this grind, but I've done a lot of grinding in this game and I'd hate to <laughs> be doing that on another on another character. So yeah, I have, yes. I have a hell of a time even considering doing it. Uh, you brought up mm. the Epic Store thing though. That yeah. to me causes a little bit of speculation in my, in my mind because obviously before Odyssey launches, they want as many people as humanly possible to have this game, you know, because the previous version. Exactly. Right. So you can sell it to as many people as possible. The timing of that coming out right ahead of Black Friday and stuff, I'm wondering if we're going to see pre-sales coming up sooner Ooh. rather than later. Well, you would think the PC Gamer article, I mean, it, it's, let's face would it, it's a sales pitch. Yeah, you would think that they would not release that until they were ready to put something out there to capitalize on the excitement. Yep, and that shows to me that I think we might be seeing this sooner rather than later. I mean, earlier into the first quarter rather than later into the first quarter. Because yeah. otherwise, you start giving away the game for free, unless they're planning multiple sales like this, you know, over the next couple months. But, I mean, we're really, God, think about it. We're halfway through November right now. Uh, 2020, 2021 is coming up very fast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, okay, so that's the that's the thing. I probably should have put that at the top of the show, but um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I guess I would be silly not to go get an alt on the Epic Store. Um, I don't really plan on installing the Epic Store on my computer. Uh, you know, just having it there, I guess, is like a whatever. Um, maybe I'll want it someday. Maybe I'll want to let somebody else use it someday. You know. Um, yeah, I'll go but, on and click. I'll click purchase on the right. free game, but I might not might not download it just yet you know? on the website or something, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. But okay, so so then back back to just this stuff about you know, um, I was I was feeling quite optimistic about the code refresh and how much we I I feel like and and uh, uh this stuff about physical multi crew. 
meaning that I'm right, right? That the code refresh is coming and it's going to contain all these things. Um, and I, and Chig, I'm going to refer to your opinion as very, uh, very weird optimism <laughs> rather than pessimism. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I, I, well, because here's the thing, like you have to admit though, that if we're, if we're changing these things, uh, it, the way I've always thought about it, and I've heard plenty of other people say this, I do not think it's an original idea to me, but it makes perfect sense that in this game, when it started out, you were the spaceship. And at some point we got the ability to, you know, like originally you couldn't even have more than one ship, right? And then eventually they add the ability to have more than one ship. So then they're stored somewhere, right? And then you have to fly to where your other ship is to switch. And, you know, we didn't even have... Uh, uh, transfer, ship transfer uh, for a while. Um, all these things happened. So, so basically the way the code is designed, you, the player entity is the spaceship. And then at the point where we have, uh, multi crew and the SRV, like these are also the player, right? The player has to become the SRV and then the player has to become this other thing that sits inside another player, essentially. <laughs> Um, and that, because of the way they inserted those things, it causes this weirdness where you can't have wings at the same time as multi-crew and the SRV is incompatible and other things like that. So maybe technical debt is the wrong word, but if we're changing those in such a way that we can be physically present on someone's spaceship, then I, I still think it's very possible and even logical that we're changing that fundamental thing on the back end of this game. So you're not your spaceship anymore. I mean, you're attached to it. I, it could be that this isn't the case. And you, when you're flying your spaceship, it's the old version of the code. And when you're on foot, it's the new version of the code, but it doesn't seem like it would be the right thing, the right way to do it rather than create this kind of jumping off point where sure, we're going to create new spaghetti code as more updates come out, but for the time being, we should be fine. And, and hopefully we'll, we'll chase those bugs down through some betas and over the first month or so, the new bugs, right? But we will at least get rid of, well, multi-crew just, if you're in there for more than 10 minutes, just fails and you got to disconnect and reconnect. Like this happens constantly and, and just the basic, failure of not not being able to wing and multi-crew at the same time and what about wing size too this this bothers me over and over again right only having four i mean don't you guys think this this has to this has to change and surely we'll have new bugs but like come on it's, it's got to get better with as, as much as frontier is is pushing the physical presence and the moving around without a ship right yeah, the playing together part of the game. Playing together, right? Mixing and matching on foot and everything. I think the the positional resolution. I, I this is actually something that I don't think he meant it exactly like this, but David Braben said in that um, video interview um, that came with the original Odyssey announcement. Uh, about sort of the physical resolution is now shrinking down to the on foot size. And I'm thinking of like when I'm flying over a surface and there are SRVs down there, um, there's a difference in sort of the scale of what you can 
shoot and hit and stuff like that. Like uh, not too long ago, I, I ferried some people out to the guardian sites on my carrier and I have all the things I needed, but while they were rolling around, uh, getting the keys and getting the blueprints and stuff, I just flew a fighter and I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to like be air superiority against the, uh, guardian sentinels. You know, they're actually extremely hard to hit in a fighter because you can't really, it's like it's at the wrong scale. The guardian sentinel is meant to be interacted with from the SRV. So when I'm in a ship or even a fighter, the smaller version of a ship, it's still like the wrong scale. So you almost can't even target it. And it's, it's difficult. Like it, it's hitbox is like way smaller than anything you ever shoot at when you're in a ship and it's noticeable. And I think that's one of the things that is kind of happening or implied in the background here is like, that's all going to have to sort of mix a little bit. And maybe it's still going to be hard. Maybe that's part of where the balance comes from, right? It's still going to be hard to hit an individual human being on a surface from a ship. Because if it wasn't, wouldn't it be ridiculous to have oh, yeah. ships and on foot engage in the same combat? Well, we're going to town. Yeah. That's that's all going to be solved with the Thai worship method and just pancake them with your anaconda. <laughs> your Corvette. Well, it's a Corvette. Corvette. It's a Corvette. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, don't so Ty wasn't listening to that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to beep that out. Edit that out. <laughs> no, first off, you say, Sacrilege. you know, the implication. Well, it's implied the implication. When I think of the implication, I think of it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Fans <laughs> of that show all know what I'm talking about, but we'll move on from that. You know, and, you know, okay, set me straight. You know, the implication. Um, no, I, 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 I'm with you. Now, you bring back the David Braben thing. That was that was cool when he was talking about that because he was talking about how we are bringing the game down. You know, you know, basically, kind of from the macro down to the micro, but you can still see. You know the forest for the trees, the you know, stars. we're going to be down among the trees <laughs> and you're still going to see the whole forest because everything is still in the correct position and everything else. And that, that's, that's one, you know, I, when he was talking about that, I, I did take that as that was the challenge is moving up and down in those scales, because this isn't like some games where, you know, you're holding something in your hand and then you're looking at something 50 feet away. This is, you know, you're holding something in your hand, you're looking at something 50 feet away, you're looking at something a thousand miles away, you're looking at something light years away. You know, it's insane. And they keep everything in scale and in position. And it, it's it's amazing. I just hope that they do pull all that together because this game, I mean, reason, you know, for that, you know, everybody's favorite term, spaghetti code, you know, Back to it's always sunny. What is our spaghetti policy here? But um, <laughs> oh, two, two, but, two jokes. But what we've got is we need a wild card, bitches. Um, <laughs> now, now, um, now I'm losing my train of thought. Um, yeah, I lost it. Sorry. Spaghetti code. Now I want to go, well, no, no, go watch. I want to on that. The reason yeah. that the spaghetti code is the way that it is, is because this game is so complex. There's so many things going on, and now they're tacking on basically an entire another game to this game, and now have to make those play friendly. So yes, they do have to update the code just in order to make all of that work. But Jesus, I, like I said, that's going to come with its whole, you know, whole other set of problems. There we go with my odd optimism again. Well, but but the, you know... Well, no, go on. You, I talked too okay. much. <laughs> but, you know, Chig said earlier that, you know, one of their difficulties is going to be 
keeping everything in perspective as you change scales from macro to micro, I don't actually think that's the challenge because you could have different code bases for on foot versus in ships. The, oh, don't tell me the that. The trick is, no, well, you could. I mean, I don't think it'd be wise, but you could. Yeah, but when then you go to on foot, but the stars are the, still going to be in the proper space. You know, the, the, trick is, the trick is going to be making it all work when those perspectives are mixed, because they've already said that you're going to be able to fly you know, air support yeah. for ground troops mm-hmm. and have SRVs. So it's all going to be mixed, and it's going to be making it all work where you have one instance that has all three different perspectives in it. That's where the challenge is going to be. Because if it was just you're going to be walking around on the ground versus you're going to get in a ship and a fly, you know, those, those two methods of playing the game are separated and yeah. can operate independently. It's when they have to mix that the challenge comes in, and that's exactly. what I hope they've gotten right. Some of the perspective uh, of scale is handled by a disguised loading screen. And meaning right. like, like the stars are all in the right spot. It just creates a galaxy map. And that's like mm-hmm. not hard with computers, right? It's an image that's projected onto the, the parallax background of our instance. Okay. But that's very cool. I mean, that's awesome. And you don't need any more than that because the stars are that far away. So that's all, that's all you need. And like when we drop down to the surface of a planet, you know, we go through. Um, you know, the, the, uh, drift or whatever, right? We, the loading we sort screen. of have, the glide. We, we have this yeah. transitional period where it clicks over and now it's going to suddenly like take us in. And I think what they've done like looks outstanding for what it is. Oh, yeah. Um, but it does, it's the combination, right? How, how are we gonna, and it's not like ships and SRVs don't already exist in the same instance, but it just feels like they're not, connected you know it was i I just was thinking about that when i was trying to shoot it at sentinels from a fighter it's different it was noticeably different than trying to fire on other spaceships and see i didn't so, i didn't notice that much of a difference when we, we did uh our screwball game and yeah you know I, I had to go back to work that night so instead of getting mixed up in the srv i just was you know like filming from above and watching you guys uh, mm-hmm. play and, you know I, I kept shooting the ground near you guys on purpose I wasn't trying to shoot anybody and I was shooting right where I wanted to shoot you know next to you guys it was leaving you know scorches in the dirt everything else and and watching mm-hmm. it just didn't see it but that could have been because we were players sharing an instance it wasn't players and NPCs I, I don't know it just it seemed uh, didn't seem that odd to me, but I've never gone and you know tried shooting sentinels from a ship or a fighter. Well, you weren't trying to hit us either. Right, true. That, that's, but that's it really thing, seemed like, like I probably could have pretty easily. But it, it's, I think that's the thing. It's more difficult than you think it's going to be. Like we should try it sometime, but because uh, I've heard other people talk about this too. Like it's sort of a game, right? To try to hit the SRV with a plasma accelerator. Uh, because you, you think it's going to have this massive splash damage, and if you get anywhere near it, right, which is true for like missiles, but um, I've I've tried to use plasma accelerators when I'm doing like uh, surface strike missions and stuff like that, and I mean you have to bullseye that thing. If you're off by a little bit, it doesn't seem to do any damage, and I think there's some kind of scale difference. Um, well, I, I, it's like the from a video game perspective, like the hitbox mm-hmm. is different whereas in an SRV it's like super easy to hit any of these things that that's kind of what i'm thinking of like fighting the guardians like when you 
the SRV has no trouble targeting it because we're all on the same sort of like scale factor. So we can target it and our weapons will, will kind of like um, have that little bit of uh, gimbal. And that's not going to happen. It's like when we're trying to fake those uh, scan missions uh, from a ship without getting into your SRV. Mm-hmm. You have to get so close. Yeah, it's really I feel close. like you have to get closer than you have to with your SRV just to get it to come up. Because well, it's, it's hard and I think tell, that's what I mean by the scale so difference. Big. They are. They are. That's true. Yeah, and if, you're, and so, if your uh, weapons have a, a jitter, you know, a few degrees on them. That's probably uh-huh. longer than the length of an, an SRV. Definitely a person. Right. Yeah. Definitely yeah. a sentinel. So here's <laughs> the other $64 question. Do they expand the size of wings or at least the number of, of people you can get into an instance? God, I hope so. Oh, I hope I so, do so too, bad. I don't. Because you got to think. If, go ahead. If if they do, you know what I think they're going to do, and actually be able to to fix multi crew and wings, you know, you could conceivably have what four by three, twelve people in an instance. Of course, you know, a bunch of them would be in co pilot seats. Mm-hmm. But you know, it comes down to how many resources are you going to be able to fit into one of these instances, and how many individuals can you get in. And I, I wonder a lot of times if that has to do with, you know, their networking architecture they've decided to go with, you know, I, so I don't know what code fixing would fix that unless they do some stuff on the back end, you know, do more of the heavy lifting, lifting on there. Right. But right. Move it uh, somewhat off peer to peer. And, you know, I, I really, really want that. I really want the code refresh. Uh, but more than that, I want little just, I want quality of life things in Odyssey. I hate to go off topic on it, but fuck. Yeah, no, that's fine. Give, give me more than 120 stored modules and give me oh, some yeah. way to organize the goddamn things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Through the entire list looking for stuff is just so tedious. Give me a new way to outfit my Search ship. filters. Yeah, search, search filters. filters. But I mean, the whole, it's just so tedious. I, I don't know how Dub yeah. spends so much time, you know, trying out new ships all the time. You know, <laughs> I, I, I think I want to get a new ship and I go and I do it and I buy it. And I start outfitting it. Then I start engineering it. Then I start going, wait, I think I have this gun somewhere. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> yep. Who I knows gotta do this. And, and oh, then you have to rely on Ara. Yep, you got to yeah. go to Anara or, or Coriolis. You got to go build the ship there, then come back, go to Anara, see if you have that module somewhere. And uh, it's just <laughs> that that's what I want okay. to fix. And bookmarks, bookmarks. Bookmarks. Goddamn bookmarks. Well, let's let's go around then. What's we haven't we haven't done this in a couple of weeks. What's <laughs> what's going to be your top 3 quality of life? Chig, what you're you're kind of Ooh. on it. What are, are those your top 3? I, I'll go with, with those top three. Yeah, I, I'll, I, I, I'm, I'll change my mind by next week. But yeah, those will be my top three this week. <laughs> so, so you're saying uh, modules, um, ship uh, streamlining modules, our module storage. It, it goes into outfitting. Let's just call it outfitting. We'll combine ship building yeah. and module storage into one outfitting thing. You know, whether you can save different. Uh, Loadout presets? Yeah, loadouts. Yes. Save different loadouts because you have all the stuff and it'll pull it from your anaconda for you because apparently you can magically store stuff, you know, everywhere. Instantly. Exactly. (laughs) So, you know, just that. Fix outfitting, 
you know, especially 120 stored modules. Are you freaking kidding me? I can <laughs> I can fill ships with stuff, but I can't just store more right. modules. It's mind-boggling. Um, and then bookmarks after that. And then third, um, getting the multiplayer stuff fixed, getting the networking so that, you know, yeah. the player being on your ship, we're not going to run into the normal issues. Multi-crew and wing together at the same time. You know, more people. Let us go to at least eight in a wing, you know, or if we're on the ground, mm-hmm. calling it a squad, I guess, you know, if we're going to be working cooperatively yeah, at least flights. eight. Maybe yeah. we join, we, we have the ability to join wings. Maybe we can join four wings together. So they yes. still perform as wings with the way they are now, but at least then we can all be instanced and then we can have, you know, they have the light blue. We could have three other colors. Yes. That, there you know? we go. that would Something make like me that. happy. Yes. Go ahead, Data. What uh, do you think? I, I can think of a couple right now because I'm running thousands of tons of cargo for the CG. It <laughs> has to do with, with, with fleet carriers. There's some bug where I think if you uh, are pulling up to your carrier and you look at your inventory... And then when you try to transfer it to your carrier after you land, that button stays grayed out. Yep. Transfer I've button grays out. Yeah. You that's, that's a bug. That's not a quality of life improvement, though. Uh, You're cheating. Uh, <laughs> you being strict on me, huh? It is. I just had that like five minutes ago, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a bug. Um, okay. If, if, do you, do you want us to come back to you? Viewing, viewing carrier inventory? In, in game when you're not on the carrier, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a good way to do that right now, unless I'm no, there's not. Something. Yeah, so some way to well, do no, that wait, remotely. You can, you can view your commodity market, which will have your inventory on it, even if it's not for, listed for sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, let me try it. Let me try it because I'm not on my carrier right now. So let me go to carrier management, and I'm going to go down to commodity trading. Manage market, and yeah, I can see all the items. Like even if they're if they're not don't have a buy or sell order, um, they'll still be there in like a darker color. Very nice. Well, um, then, but you can't I, like you're not viewing it like an inventory screen. You're viewing it like a market screen. Well, then apparently this is a perfect game. I don't have any <laughs> any complaints about it. <laughs> I'll keep right, thinking. Nurgle, explain why it's not <laughs> okay. perfect. Nurgle, what do you got? Uh, number one for me would be multiplayer fixes, getting getting wings and, and stuff working together. And part of that would be more people in an instance, too. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I like Chig's idea of outfitting quality of life improvements for that. Um, I, I That would be tremendous, just tremendous. And then for me, I want new and interesting ways to interact with the BGF. Hmm. Um, you so know, like they new states? New states, maybe. They've, they've already hinted that you're going to be able to do BGS actions on the ground. So some different mission types. Now, you know, I've, I've, I've clearly stated before that this is my space flight simulator. I don't want a first-person shooter in my game. So I probably won't be doing those missions. I'll be flying cap for them. But mm-hmm. having new and interesting ways, to, even if it's different mission types, you know, something to, to break it up and give us new avenues to do things. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. For sure. So, and, and especially since, and you know, we've kind of, I don't think we've ever talked about this in depth, but there, there are different BGS buckets that you can fill. Yeah. Um, adding a different bucket. So there's a whole new and different way to influence a faction, um, be that right. on the ground or whatever, would, would be fascinating and would add a, a whole new level of depth to that part of the game. So, and this is the, to, to explain, this is the idea that like when you're running missions for influence, you can put a bunch of sort of chips into that bucket. And then after a certain point, it stops having as much of an effect. It is right. a it, diminishing it, it, return. And then you turn around and go do something like uh trade, selling trade uh, or, or selling right. exploration data. And those are, those would have not hit their diminishing returns yet on that particular right. day. Correct. So adding a whole other bucket there would, would throw you know, what we know about BGS into chaos, but would be fantastic. It would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Right on. What do you got, Trax? Um, so, oh, I'm being interdicted. How fun. So uh, I, I have said uh, on a few occasions that I wanted a bunch of menu updates i still think that my idea for like the the um the way that like phone menus work on the phones radial. where it's like a wheel yeah, the other yeah. radial picker um i think would be a much better menu system but um i want to append that because i think we need search filters sort of um game wide and i think this would solve this this would would uh, impact the galaxy map it would impact bookmarks uh modules in your storage modules in the in the market commodities in the market settings graphic settings control bindings everything should have a search field uh with it that that filters right so it's you know you start typing fsd you know you get fs on there and then all the fsd related control bindings are the only thing that's on the screen now you know stuff like that is would would save everybody so much time and hassle oh, yeah. and kind of learning. Yeah, just um, having a search engine in in the in this game would help for sure. Yeah, and yes. you, you could you know imagine using it on the galaxy map and start start typing Hades sector and like have all of the other stars kind of disappear while that search filter applies, right? Um, so. So that, that, that's one that, that ends up being sort of global. I, you know, obviously like 120 slots of module storage is so silly. And, <laughs> and I have all these drop ships full of hard points yeah. and stuff, uh, and other ships yeah. just I've loaded one up their internal crap. <laughs> and I can store those all on my carrier, but I can't store individual modules, you know, like yep. I don't care yep. if they take up a ton of storage each or what they, even what they weigh, like whatever, it'd be easier to deal with. Um, and I, I love those other ideas too. I think, um, here's a, so I'm trying to think of like new things that are, have been irritating me more lately that I could do with a fix for. And one of them is, uh, when I am having, for, for one thing, this, I guess, could be solved by just being able to take a module straight off of one ship and put it onto another ship. But barring that, like if you didn't want to do that, I think a fleet carrier, if I have outfitting or maybe if I have a shipyard or something, it should come with a basic stock of E-rated core modules mm-hmm. because there's been plenty of times when I couldn't move 
uh, a module from one ship to another because I didn't have a module to replace it with and it was a core module, right? So it was the, right. it was the thrusters and I want to take them off of my FDL and put them on my Mamba, but I can't do that. So I had to go buy, I had to go to a station and store those modules, thus replacing them with E-rated modules, which by the way, happen automatically at every station. Every station always has all the E-rated modules. Now, why is that okay? If I don't, can't have them on my fleet carrier, you know, and you can't just buy those in outfitting, right? Like I can't just go, I have a shipyard um, or uh, an outfitting pack. The way they sell the outfitting packs on on carriers, it's like, you know, a few chunks of modules and some of them are E and C rated and D rated and stuff. I can't just buy a pack of every core module in an E rating in every size. You know what I mean? And just have that there for when I need to transfer modules around my ship. You know, the need to have thrusters on a ship. Why, why do I have that need? Why can't I take the thrusters off of a ship? And well, then the next time I try to use that ship, like it would say, like I get the warning, you know, you have limpets and this ship you're trying to go to doesn't have a cargo rack. So you can't transfer to it. Well, okay. You can't like, transfer to this ship because it doesn't have thrusters. Okay. I'll put thrusters on it. it. If if, if right. it saved loadouts for you, then every time you docked your ship, all of your like engineered modules and stuff could go directly into just outfitting, assuming that you landed and you oh know, wow, and everything so went directly into storage. Oh, and then when shoot, you, you just with crack the ship, that egg wide pick, open, <laughs> you, yeah. you pick like the that. outfitting you want for the ship that you're there. You know, if that ship has landed there, it remembers it had that outfitting the last time it landed. And is that the one you want? Or do you want <laughs> outfitting B that you had that you saved before? Or you just, know? even if it was just a quick, even if it wasn't automatic and it was just a quick button, like offload all the modules. Yes. Save this, save this mm. config, but offload the modules in case I want to use them somewhere else. Right. Like, or or, or like just store ship. At the point, as soon as you hit store, store ship, ship, it puts all the modules into storage. So then you can use them on your other ships when you go. They to become ship. searchable. Yep. Oh right. man. Little space that's clippy. That's, space that's clippy. My that's the ticket. That's Looks the like t- you're trying to outfit your wow. ship. Wow. Data. I bet you're. I bet you're glad you didn't think of something now, and you have to follow that. <laughs> 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 nothing, nothing quite so, nothing quite so grand. <laughs> minor, minor, minor things I can think of. Those are well, really that's good okay. ideas. Yeah. Uh, have, uh, have anything you'd like to share? A couple of small things. The first one I'm shamelessly stealing from someone that was in either Rotor in Discord or was in Voice the other day. Maybe it was Dubs. The ability to uh, ignore materials or cargo when it's not when you're not in range of one of the canisters like you know when you're looking at your contacts oh yeah like it doesn't have to show up on the tab first right because you're not always around that stuff or when you are it can jump around your menu be hard to yeah hard to tag so that would be nice full uh, agree another thing that we've all all said um in the past i'm sure or thought at least when you're doing your power play, if you're going the merits, purchasing the merits route by ferrying leaflets or whatever. Oh God! From, yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. God! Give us. The, of course, there's probably there's more fun ways doing it by combat, but if you're doing it by purchasing the 
the goods, give us a way to buy all that stuff at once. I'd, I'd pay whatever. Yeah, even if it charges you premium. double or triple, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Throw I've money at the problem. I've almost got them all done now, but shoot, I would I would definitely finish off the few I haven't bothered with yet if I could simply pay an extra ten million or something. You know, yeah, two you, to go. You end up what? I'm down to two to go. Uh, nice. Oh yeah, I have. I don't have lances. I don't have the disruptor. Um, I can't remember if there's another one. I might only have two as well. I've got advanced plasma and mining lances. Then I'm done. Mm-hmm. Well, um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? For any any maybe newer players that haven't started doing the power play modules yet, if you just want the modules, don't wait. Just start pledging to a power. There's no downside really to right. to pledging. You're you're just trying to. Get those three or four weeks in so you can start getting your modules. Yep, definitely so, have somebody pledge. So when you do decide to do power play, that first one already has your minimum four weeks. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> go on and pledge to Ashling. So you tell them we should go ahead and do that. Yes. Do you have no power plays? No. Do oh it. Oh my god, pledge to, do yeah, it. Ple- pledge to Ashling. And Look for the blue hair, sign up, <laughs> and wait. <laughs> See, that's not the first one I went for, and it's not the first one I would recommend to anybody either. What do you recommend first? Um, and you're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would probably. It would. I mean, the rest of them are all weapons. Um, well, I guess ex- except for mining lances. Uh, I think. Um, I think I would probably talk to somebody about the way, like the kinds of weapons that they like to use, but probably either pacifiers or packhounds first. Probably mm-hmm. packhounds first. I think most people have the most fun with that one. It is very fun. Yeah. Um, whereas I think prismatics, like, there's plenty of situations where it's not the best thing to use. And it's in no situation is it necessary. I think. Yeah. Um, Most of my builds are based on fast regening biweaves. So almost, yeah. Yeah. In fact, I don't use any. I don't have any builds that don't have. Well, that isn't true. My phantom, but I I almost don't have any builds that have anything other than a biweave or a prismatic. And most of them are biweaves. And a bunch of ships I've tested prismatics on and found that I wanted to switch back to the biweave after a while. Um. It does, and you know, and, and that's not to say like I have plenty of uses for them. I, I even have a size, uh, the size three prismatic on my Python that's for mining. Um, it's not like a super. It's not what I would put on like a battleship. Yeah, well, uh, it's what I it's, use for sure. I use a yeah. smaller sized prismatic on a ship that's used for something else, like my cutter for you know transporting. Cargo, the you know big, right. biggest cargo slots are for cargo because that's what I'm doing, and for mining, it's for doing. But I like to have that shield on there, so if I run into yeah. pirates, I can still murder them. And you know, a size six prismatic gives you quite a few mega jewels. Yep. You know, right? That's that's what my cutter has on it, and and um, and well, and then there are times where you do put the the giant <laughs> shield on something on on a battleship. Um, my Corvette has has prismatics yeah. on it. But Absolutely. I could easily like work out a 
by weave cutter belt. Or, or, uh, I probably probably wouldn't do cutter. Um, a Corvette, you know, and it would be fine as well. It would be a different kind of thing, right? Like I'd probably get rid of the cell banks and use armor instead or something, you know, but, or who knows? I don't know. I've, I've, uh, I've used, um, cell banks on a bi-weave before plenty of times. In fact, I have a chieftain that has a cell bank and and a bi-weave. So, um, I don't even know how I got so animated about all this. I did sign up for the blue haired lady first. <laughs> Most people yeah, but, do. Most people do, don't they? Yeah, but see, the flip side to that is if I, whichever one I sign up for, in four weeks I'm spending money on modules, and well, I well, you don't have to. Yeah. Well, that's the most true. Expensive well, you do it with the prismatics. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. but just, what I'm saying is, is, is just having your your time pledged so that when you do decide you want to buy them, you, you can buy them. You could stay pledged for the next year. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's but true. you decide that's, you want to do uh, it, it, you can do that's, it That's good right advice, then. yeah. Because, you know, at the, at the moment, with a with a 400-ton cell of pay night this afternoon, thank you, 870 per ton pricing, mm-hmm. I just crossed $5.1 billion. So, mm-hmm. nice. we're, I don't, I don't we're, remember. Do you have a carrier? carrier land. Not? Okay, you're, you're um, working on getting your carrier. Got it. Yeah, so I'm going to end up getting <laughs> not, a carrier. Not if you buy prismatics. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So prismatics yeah. or any power play module has to wait. But you're right. I should go ahead and pledge so I have the time in when that when it comes. I think that's another good reason to go like for packhounds or something because that you yeah. can let it sit there and you don't have to let it sit there until you have like three billion in the bank. Right. You know, because they're not going to be a lot of money. Um, truth the the advanced plasma accelerators plasma is a lot is kind of expensive too for a gun um, yeah but not nothing nothing even comes close to prismatics yeah. prismatics yeah spent, i don't know i think i spent like a billion and a half on prismatic shields when i yeah. got pledged but i overbought you know i'm like i wanted to make sure i had enough to last me forever right mm-hmm. and I've, I've been putting off buying a corvette just because i don't want to plunk down the you know one and a half billion when i just got enough to buy a carrier. Right, right. You don't want to fork out for the reactive. Like I, I bought um, when they were cheap because of the community goal recently. I hadn't bought a cutter before, so I finally bought two cutter hulls. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. I actually haven't. I haven't bought any of the armor because the only one I outfitted is for mining and doubles as as trade if I need it if I need an armored trader. Right. Because my type nine doesn't have shields. Um so in that case, like I still haven't I don't I only have the lightweight alloy that I just engineered up, you know. Yeah. So the other cutter, I guess, if I ever build a battle cutter, <laughs> that will be the one that gets the reactive that costs three billion or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> oh, battle I guess cutter. it's 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 over a billion, isn't it? What does the reactive armor cost in a cutter? I don't know, but it is a lot. Is Everything a lot. on a yeah. cutter is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Fuck the cutter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that's it's the thing the, is I fucking hate it. It's awful to fly. It's, but it, it's awful. The it is the worst mining ship. ship in the galaxy. Best mining and transport ship. It's the best yeah. at both of them. I'll those give... Ships. I, I don't think it's the best transport ship because my T9 can carry more. Um, but yeah, it is but the best transport ship if I'm going to be under siege. 
And I don't think it's the it, best miner because laser mining is not the best mining. Um, as soon that's as a matter of opinion. Scanner, I mean, how much uh, more I can guess. the T9 carry? I mean, how many, how many more tons? What's that? How many type more nine? tons can a Type 9 carry over a cutter? Um, I, I think, honestly, a cutter... Um, I, I don't know, because, because I didn't totally max it. I have 750 on my Type 9. I can't get to 750 on my cutter without also losing the shields. Yeah, I, yes. I, I so, ditch my shields to do power play, and it's over 750. And with its boost yeah, speed yeah. compared to the Type 9, you can do a lot more runs in a Type 9 over the course, you know, over the course of time, it's it's better than the Type 9. But what about how when you come into an instance with a station or your carrier and you push the boost on the cutter, you may as well go make a sandwich while you wait yeah, for the thing to stop moving. you need to boost when you're coming. In. Well, well that's the, the thing, you boost, just said with its boost No, when you're, speed, leaving, you're, when you're, you're leaving the station, I'm saying. When you're leaving uh, the station, okay. getting okay, outside of the, the range, you know, you can get off the pad Exiting mass lock. Yeah. You yeah. shoot you shoot through the mail All slot, right. you get out a mass lock, and you're jumping while the type nine is still going through the you know, the mail slot. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And it well, I mean, granted, yeah. it's sluggish. I mean it's, it's a big sluggish ship, yeah. But it's it's a lot more nimble than it than you think, especially once you engineer the drives. Uh, I right and and I don't think like everybody complains about the turn speed and sure it's no Corvette but oh, yeah. it's 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 not the turn speed that bothers me nearly as much as the stopping speed uh the, well, the decel is it can stop that's that's why you put big shields on your mining cutter and you litho break yeah yep absolutely that's, I, that's right just just bump them yep yep absolutely um, it's a love nudge <laughs> just, just checking the rock. Exactly, smelling the rock. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I hate laser mining, and I didn't want to build this cutter. I was hoping that the pulse wave scanner would get fixed in a matter of a week or two. It did not, so I eventually did build the mining cutter. Um, and I'm not thrilled that it's still not fixed. Um, <laughs> yeah, I will. I'm, as I'm soon as it is, I'm back in my Python. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Me too. And, the, right. and I'll and I'll take all those. I have four size five collectors on my cutter. Don't care. I'll take them all off, replace them with cargo, and yeah. then that'll replace my type nine, I guess. And anyway, I mean, <laughs> this is this is a conversation we were having on the Discord this afternoon because you know I I have two mining ships. I have a Python and I have a cutter, and I do laser mining. So they both they're both outfitted for the same thing. Why do you have two? It depends. You know, it depends primarily on the market. Today, the market for pay night was 874. So what happened? Mm. The cutter came out. Because, yeah, I'm going to grind out 400 tons and go make a big sale all at once. But when prices are down, or especially when it's a, you know, it's a medium station or demand is low, yeah, we're taking out the Python because there's no reason to take out the big boy. Okay, right, and that's that's like a from the non fleet carrier perspective, right? Because I would always want the 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 haul of five hundred twelve on my cutter, you know, well, kind the, of regardless. The, the flip side of that is five hundred and twelve is two and a half, three hours mining if you're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. And I don't always want to sit and mine for that long either, but. But yeah, that is also the non-cutter perspective because whatever I'm mining, I have to haul and sell. I can't deposit it somewhere. 
Yeah, I couldn't bring myself. I I tried going out mining in the cutter again, you know, to just get some more credits. And I just, I can't do it. It's so mind numbing to just surface mine. Mm -hmm. I need core mining to become a thing again. Well, that's my podcast listening time. (laughs) Mine is when I'm walking the dogs. Mine is at work. (laughs) Yeah, mine is a lot at work too. What's a podcast? (laughs) <laughs> it's the thing you're doing right now. What? Oh, we can we can end on that. I think <laughs> he's being recorded. <laughs> any uh, any last thoughts, y'all? Um, uh, uh, rest in peace, Alex Trebek. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Oh wait, we had movies and stuff to talk. Oh, about just too, one. I we? just threw one up there that was interesting. Yeah. I couldn't believe it was 30 years old. Home Alone. Oh. (laughs) You know, you know who has a funny, uh, I can't remember if it's Twitter or Instagram, but um, Macaulay Culkin, funny guy these days. Worth, uh, worth checking out. He does not take himself too seriously. Yeah. He just popped up on something else. I don't remember what it was. Oh, somebody doing some kind of prank. Oh, I saw this. Oh, my God. This is completely random. Yeah, but Macaulay Culkin showed up on it. This guy uh, was sick of – somebody had stolen an Amazon package off his porch. So uh-huh. he decided uh, to figure out a way to to catch you know people stealing packages. And this guy is some YouTuber. I, I – I'd never seen him before, but has a whole bunch of followers and decided to make these like basically home alone type traps to set up and had like people apply to his um, YouTube channel. So he he could do this at different parts around the country and he designed a package, an Amazon package, but inside of it was four cell phones. No matter what, no matter what way somebody would open it up, they'd be on camera being taped so he could get, (laughs) catch him on film then it started doing this fart spray stuff that was just super, super <laughs> stinky. Did a glitter bomb where it shot glitter all over the place. Then was doing like fake uh, CB, uh, like police call stuff, you know. Yes, we're, we're tracking the package. It's on the move, you know, as the person's bringing it up to bring it outside. Oh and my we went God. through all this stuff. It's freaking hilarious. But Macaulay Culkin showed up on as a guest on here, you know, because he said that that was going on. So, you know, it was cool that he did that. But the, one of the funniest parts about it was, is, you know, he vetted all these people, you know, to take these packages. One person just kept the package. And, <laughs> and, and he, he goes, he goes, I don't know what that guy was thinking. I went through all this effort, you know, months of preparation and vetting people and building all these contraptions over losing a $10 Amazon package. What do you think I was going to do to this guy? So he started, <laughs> he started by, uh, uh, sending his information to Scientology because your rumor has it once you of show any interest in Scientology, they hound you forever. So, you know, he, he did they that. They never let go. Then he sent a bunch of uh, random mail to his neighbors, you know, of like weird fetish stuff, you know, that was <laughs> his name but their no. address. So, you know, it looked like it just got <laughs> mailed to the wrong house. So all his neighbors start thinking he's into all this weird shit. So, yeah, just just petty, but it was it was pretty funny. Yeah, you mentioned Macaulay Culkin, and I remembered that 
but it, it's worth yeah. a watch if you ever want to watch that. But that movie, I remember I was 16 years old when that movie came out. I remember seeing that in the theater. I mean, that movie was a phenomenon. It was, it was you know, huge oh, yeah. box office. But just recently watched Netflix did that series where they did documentary on the making of a few different movies. They did it like Die Hard, Dirty Dancing, Ghostbusters. Oh, really? And they did Home Alone. Yeah, it's it's a really I'm good so documentary series. Yeah, it's it's super good. Um, and the Home Alone, like I didn't even know John Williams did that. Did the soundtrack oh, yeah. for that, Score. you know, and, and yeah. it wasn't like they went into it knowing he was going to do it. They had like the whole movie made and they were trying to figure out the music for it. And they showed it to like him and he's like, yeah, I'd love to do it. And they're like, oh my God, can you believe John Williams <laughs> is going to do this for us? So, so that, that's one of the cool things in there, but yeah, absolutely. Go watch that Netflix series. Very cool. Do you know what it's called? Oh my God. I'm sure Google's my friend here. Yeah. Yeah. We're all Googling at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, while you guys are Googling, I'm going to say thanks for listening to the loosest and screwiest podcast about Elite Dangerous and the whole soul system. The movies Uh, that made us. Right on. Okay. And uh, you can find us on Discord to find out how to get to Discord. Probably we'll just send you to our website, which is loosescrewsed.com, all one word. So it was pointed out to us earlier, Loose Screwsed (laughs) is the website, I guess. Yes, Loose Screwsed. Loosescrewsed.com. That's very funny to me, and I love it. Uh, There you'll also find... Um, our merch store where you can get like t-shirts and mugs and stuff. And everybody loves those. You put your coffee in it, put your body in it, all that stuff. Um, <laughs> other than that, man, that, that wasn't even a joke. You can do it. You can Dip really your do balls it. In it. Put your balls in it. Um, well, the hokey pokey. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, uh, Chig, Data, Nurgle, for joining me today. Good talks, and um, we'll see everybody in game. We'll, we'll see everybody in Discord. I got a good cheese. Well, not oh a good god, cheese. Oh, my god, a cheese. Cheese us out. I'm so sorry. Cheese us out. That's oh the word. Oh, my god. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Failure. Everybody, you know, obviously... You guys have figured out I like cheese, and this isn't like a bit for the show. This is like I actually do this in real life too. Um, so we went to dinner at, at a friend's house we hadn't seen in a while here, and of course, you know they they bought it. I was at the grocery store. I saw this cheese. Thought you'd like to try it. So I'm like, all right. And and this is the cheese. It's called Ski Queen. Yes, yeah, Ski Queen. Okay. The label says a traditional Norwegian brown cheese. That made me a little bit scary, but uh, naturally sweet with a smooth and mild, uh, a smooth, mild caramel taste from a unique blend of cow and goat's milk. I had never had it. I'm like, sweet caramel type flavor, huh? You open it up and it literally looks like a giant caramel. Like it was kind of, kind of freaky. Even when you cut it, the consistency was almost that, like almost between a caramel and Velveeta. And I'm like, okay, mm. you taste it, and um, it's got almost like a sharp cheddar flavor to begin with, and then that sweetness comes through, and this hint of caramel, 
Mm. And then that hint of caramel keeps growing and growing. And soon you got this cheesy caramel aftertaste that doesn't go away no matter how much whiskey you drink. So I'm not recommending <laughs> it, but I'm saying if you want to try something different, it's called Ski Queen. <laughs> Stay cheesy, everybody. <laughs> Fabulous. Uh, thanks. Um, <laughs> that's it, man. Caramel cheese. All right. All right. Uh, I guess I guess that's all. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Fly, fly, fly badly. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be my thing or not. I can't, You know what I like? S- uh, stay loose and screwy. There you go. Stay loose Classic. and screwy. Perfect. Perfect.